to Louise's Health Kick podcast, the CPD series. In this educational series, Louise is in conversation with numerous experts to discuss the many aspects of food and lifestyle which impact on early childhood development. This CPD is linked to Louise's series of short courses for the early years and education sector. How Food Shapes Your Child CPD courses show you why feeding a child is so much more than putting food on their plates. Hello and welcome to Louisa's Health Kick podcast as part of the CPD series for the How Food Shapes Your Child course series. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Ben Healy, who is the founder of CoAction Health and a sports and exercise scientist and physiotherapist. He is currently practicing as a musculoskeletal physiotherapist and really does have a passion for improving the integration between physical and mental health and how to share the importance of the holistic approaches to health and well-being. Ben's got experience working within the NHS and private practice and has spent time with professional sports clubs, running injury clinics at grassroots football clubs, and then set up his co-action health, which is bringing this approach of health and well-being into workplaces across the country. Ben has worked with children with musculoskeletal problems and believes that education on this subject, which is obviously what we're all about here, is vital to promote healthy cultures and habits to help the musculoskeletal development in children. Which is why I've invited Ben back along to the CPD podcast, How Food Shapes Your Child, Developing the Muscular System. So Ben, welcome back. Last time we were talking all about bones. This time we're going to be talking about the muscular system. So obviously you nicely fit two categories, Um, but could you explain to people why bones and muscles are so the systems are so intertwined and linked together yeah so you know with with what we spoke about with the bones the other day the bones make up the structure the the thing that holds us up um you know for the rest of our lives the muscles obviously are so interlinked with the bones because they're what make your bones move your limbs move um so you know without one or the other we wouldn't have the system that we have so um you know they they both sort of respond to the same sort of stimuli as well so when we talked about sort of getting those stimuli for the bones to grow it's very similar for the muscles we want movement we need those sort of physical impacts and changes that come which then help to grow the the muscles as well as the bones um so really really tightly interlinked so that in terms of the habitual sort of um habits that we can try to instill in childhood it's very much around the same principle as as developing the skeleton but nutritionally the two are quite different and and in the the course I, I talk a lot about the the role of protein in a diet and the role of protein in sort of developing the muscular system and the importance of protein. And I think people can often think, well, protein's kind of linked up with weightlifting and building muscle. But protein and particularly amino acids are the building blocks of life and they are so fundamental to kind of developing a childhood's sort of structure and, and every aspect of them. So when we talk about the protein foods, it's not sort of building muscle as such, it's kind of developing the muscular system. Um, so the nutritional differences are, are quite vast, but that's all covered in the course. So we don't need to, to go too much into that here because that's kind of what I am focusing on in, in the course. But just in terms of the dietary sort of impact of our current food landscape, and this is something that we're starting to see have an effect on health sort of in the here and now, but also when forecasting future health. If we have um, our food landscape as it is at the moment is it can it can contain protein, but it's highly processed protein. 
So that when we look at, say, for example, let's use chicken nuggets, for example, over a chicken breast, the amino acid quality and quantity in the chicken nuggets are going to be really diminished compared to that of a chicken breast. So when we look at a, a child's diet in this period of you know rapid growth and development and laying down the foundations, what's the impact of them in these developing muscles, which are you know forming and shaping and, and you know developing habits and muscle memory and all those things, if they are not fed you know with the right balance of of amino acids in terms of the structure and the the, the, the skeletal development what kind of impact do you think uh, and i will say a bad diet and that's not reflective of individuals that's reflective of our food landscape but what impact would a bad diet have on that developing structure yeah really, really good point actually um you know in terms of like the quality of different you know protein versus protein um, can be absolutely different um, and like you say we know that for muscle development we need that high quality protein the amino acids um, I think really in terms of development and and for muscles specifically um, you're right usually people say oh protein probably thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger or you know massive huge blokes in the gym um, but it's essential for all of it um, and if we're not getting that high quality you know the right diet it will impact that development um, so we know with with muscles sort of pre-puberty, it's a, a pretty linear increase with you know, muscle development, muscle mass. Um, slightly different again for males and females, but after puberty, that's when we get that sort of again that, that real change, that real development of the muscles. Um, so we know that your muscles are always growing as as we're growing as a child; they're always developing. As your skeletal system grows, your muscles have to be able to to keep up with it, really, to be able to move it. Um, and then, you know, we're we're looking probably peak strength around twenty years old. So that's you know twenty to thirty. So that's after that developmental period when you've probably stopped growing. Um, so again, similar to the bones, it's, it's really important to set that real good foundation earlier on in life. Um, and especially probably post-puberty for that muscular development, that's when you're getting those real rapid changes. So having having those nutrients to be able to build those muscles and build that system is absolutely essential. Mm, absolutely, which is certainly what we cover in terms of the, the, the modules in the course, in terms of the nutritional influences. But just to kind of get your take on it, it's not just me saying that from a nutritional perspective, it kind of is really important to the structural development of, of children and, and they're in, in their growth. And I think people can think, oh, you know, their children, um, you know, there's loads of time, but actually, no, what we do in childhood is really laying down the foundations. And it's so, everything we do in childhood is so important for, for future health, because we, we know that there are certain issues in terms of if in, an, an underdeveloped child nutritionally can have health issues that will take them into adulthood and there's there's a knock-on as well so we spoke last time about sort of exercise and not calling it exercise but maybe calling it you know physical movement physical activity just just general movement but if a child is undernourished in terms of protein protein does so much in the body but they will they won't have the muscular strength or the muscular functionality to do some of those activities so it's potentially another barrier to enjoying movement if they don't have the the sort of the biological capabilities to f- fund that movement because they literally haven't got the muscular energy 
or the muscular strength to do that so there's always the sort of the knock-on system of not just the nutritional thing but actually what impact will that have on their their play at school their PE at school their activity their outdoor activities you know just in terms of their functional strength and abilities yeah definitely it's it's a real knock-on cycle like you said so we know that we need nutrition we need those nutrients to to build the systems we also need those physical stimuli to build the systems for the nutrients to have their effect so if you take away one you're impacting the other um and and like we've also mentioned before it's not just you know if you're missing out on that physical activity it's not just the physical there's so many social cognitive mental influences and and effects that we get from that you're really missing out on lots of vital parts of the development mm, absolutely and it is part of the sort of holistic development there is nothing in isolation in the human body everything has to to work in synergy and then the out sort of the output from that will be you know obviously the biological growth and development but also the the habits and the behaviors that come from that and all of that is so fundamental to to early childhood now one thing that always gets mentioned with muscles and um uh, you know, I used to be a personal trainer, so I have some knowledge of this, but people talk about muscle memory. How important is sort of muscle memory and early movement habits, just in terms of, you know, we, we spoke about sort of ability with coordination and, you know, different physical tasks and things. If we have a child who has, you know, a quite an active childhood, how is their muscle memory going to differ to a child who's had quite a sedentary childhood? Yeah, it's, there's, there's lots of those sort of terms in, you know, the world of uh, human biology and sort of when we're talking about muscular systems, there's loads of these sort of terms. Um, and it's, I suppose, again, it's good because it's making it a little bit more um, inclusive. People feel like they can, they can talk about, oh, yeah, muscle memory, you remember this. So when we talk about muscle memory, there's probably a few things that it covers. Um, so one definitely is that cognitive side, that motor learning that happens in your brain so when you've done a task you learn it you get all of these changes in your brain and it's sort of stored as a map um to put it quite briefly so something like walking for example if you think of children and the biggest as opposed first task that they have to master is learning to walk yeah yeah so again those those changes will learn those behaviors and they'll be stored in the brain um the interesting thing that happens in the muscles is that we once we've done an activity um walking running anything like that the muscles that are active during that process during that exercise of that activity will get stronger neurological connections so we develop more neuromuscular connections which means that the stimulus that's sent from your brain to the muscle is stronger um, so that's why usually when uh, when you've been to the gym, the first few weeks you'll get real, real quick strength increases, but not necessarily loads of muscular increases, and that's because of these better neurological connections. So actually, yeah, you, you're going to be able to stimulate that muscle more if you've been doing it more. So, for example, for the for the walking for for a child that's walking earlier, they'll get those those connections earlier, and I, I don't know how much that will influence too many things, but we know that. You know, when, when we're talking more probably about sporting activities or, you know, 
absolute strength that that makes a real big difference having those neuromuscular connections. So if we take something that's quite appealing to quite a lot of children in terms of bringing sport into it, and I'm going to use football because I know from personal experience that's where I spend a lot of my time watching my son, listening to my son, um, going on about various skills and this, that and the other and in terms of muscle memory and um, sort of sporting activity and when they want, when children want to get better at something, I think they often enjoy certain aspects, but not necessarily like, for example, with him, he would happily go and play a game, you know, all of the time, have a match. It's the, it's the training sessions. It's when it's raining and you have to do the drills and you have to do, you know, there's sort of the, 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 he, as a, as a young boy, I think the coordination is often a miss, you know, the hand-eye coordination and the agility and things. Uh, that's the important bit isn't it when it comes to the training element of the, of the muscular connections and strength it's not going and do the match it's all the other bits before it yeah absolutely again um you know there's there's loads of famous quotes but um if we're sticking with football one of the greatest players ever cristiano ronaldo um is is known quite globally for just being the hardest trainer anyone's ever seen so it's, there's no coincidence that he's in peak physical condition you know his ability is unbelievable and that's because he trains um he trains hard so in with the training there's like you mentioned there's probably a couple of different aspects we can talk about so that physical preparation getting yourself match fit match ready um again with with children that seem to just have limitless amounts of energy um (laughs) they probably could play pretty much every day um but we know that as as we start to get a little bit older again when we're developing that having that preparation from the training to be able to do the activities you're doing in the matches. So there's loads of different movements you're doing. It's not just linear sprinting forwards and backwards. You're jumping, you're landing, you're turning. Training all of those things, again, really, really is essential for one, for injury prevention, but two, being at your peak performance and and developing your system to be able to handle those loads. Mm -hmm. And that will be building those neuromuscular connections that you spoke about, the more repetitive the drills are. And I think children can have to be, oh, when it is repetitive, but that's why it's repetitive, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, a good training session is something that can kind of disguise that really. So you're doing the activity, you're making it enjoyable, but you're putting all of these really essential things. So the pivoting, the twisting, um, you know, balance is something that's absolutely key in not just in sport, but in everyday life as well. Um, And and massively influential in injury prevention. And balance is linked a lot with sort of the the cognitive function. I know people sort of, you know, would say in terms of, you know, if you can stand on one leg, all sorts of, you know, probably false and, you know, alarming claims about standing on one leg. But there is a lot to standing on one leg and balancing, isn't there? There's a lot going on in the body, in the brain. Yeah, absolutely. We, We use a number of different systems, really. So, you, you you use something called proprioception, which is the feedback that your joint gives you to tell you where the joint is. We use our visual system, tells us where we are through our eyes, and then the vestibular system in your ears, which is often why you feel a bit dizzy when you've got a cold or you're a bit fluey. Um, so there's lots of things. And again, we can train all three of those. They're all working together. Um, but if they're not working properly, then imagine how many difficulties you'd have if you couldn't balance, if you, if you can't walk straight or... You, know, you see a lot of the time when children don't have good coordination, they tend to struggle with quite mm-hmm. a few things. I think it's something that children can struggle with. And so it's it's being aware that, the, the fit, again, if we think of children who are not moving a lot, 
then it's kind of understandable that perhaps they will have some of these issues with coordination and, you know, um, ability to to sort of balance and balance comes into everything as you say even just walking you know requires balance um but even sitting sometimes can re- you know you can topple off a chair you know, if you're not concentrating um so if we have children who are sedentary and not having those sort of neuromuscular connections building from repetitive movement then obviously they're going to have again the knock-on of not having the physical movement will start to impact into everyday things and academic scenarios as well it will start to have that knock-on um into everyday life which which we know that physical movement will impact on all elements of, of physical and everyday life now I want to bring in slightly older children because we're not just focusing on the very young with this because obviously the skeleton and the muscular system continue to develop and one thing that I think tends to be boys but can be girls as well and I do weightlifting so I'm not going to say it's just um boys but I started too young and I ended up with some some issues when when is a good age and we have this sort of very body conscious social media and you know every young man you see now has a six-pack which never used to be the case and I don't know if it's all filters or if they're actually just breeding them like that now um but when teenagers are seeing these pictures and they're thinking right I need to go to the gym maybe at 13 14 15 and perhaps not doing it properly or doing it too early again what is the best advice for introducing actual weight sessions because I know there used to be um it used to be um, recommended that there was an age limit and that you didn't go and lift weights until you sort of finished developing but you know I, I don't know if that's still the case or what is the advice in terms of this sort of slightly older age group that are thinking right I want to go to the gym I want to hit some weights yeah um great question it's one that's again been quite a sort of controversial but very popular debate um and really all the research I've seen and and there's some I've got in front of me right now actually um really really good bit of bit of research um really in terms of lifting weights i wouldn't say there's a a minimum age or to do it really um it's you know lifting weights having that sort of resistance training um there's innately nothing wrong with it um but it's all about like you mentioned doing it properly properly so programming it properly um i think the issues come when Again, it's things like overuse or if you go in and it's, I would have been the same if I'd have gone to the gym when I was young, go in, think you're Superman and try and do something completely outrageous. Yeah. Bench press your own body weight, you know? Yeah. It's, you, you go and you've never lifted a weight before and all of a sudden you're there going, oh God, just absolutely ruined something. So it's, it's always a case of programming it properly. Um, and, and by programming properly, I mean, starting off with very low weights if we're doing resistance training very low weights see what you can tolerate and that'll be very different from individual to individual so we all have a different sort of baseline level of strength genetically we're very different um but it's i suppose it comes back to the the old classic of just being sensible really so um you know trying things out trying things out see what you can tolerate see what you can lift see how you feel afterwards and the recovery is something that I always talk about as being just as important um but yeah as long as you're programming things and again as an absolute novice in the gym you might not know too much about what proper programming is so 
really you want to you want to be speaking to somebody that knows what they're talking about yeah because you can see sort of in the weight area of the gym and any age this applies to any age not just young people but you can see some really like biceps are always a good example of this the whole body swinging forward and back with a weight that's obviously too heavy because they're not isolating the bicep the whole body's engaging in that movement and it's like just just you know just stop <laughs> but they're there in the mirror you know grimacing swaying yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very happy because they're moving all sorts of weights. But yeah, yeah, that's it. So it's, you know, the amount of volume, the amount of intensity, the amount of rest days, and then when you're in the gym, actually what it is you are doing. And I think what you said in the bone, um, sort of PM, when we were discussing the bones in the podcast, you about recovery and not repetition. I think if, if people are of a certain age and think, right, I want to go, I want to hit the gym, I want to do some weights, that should not be the only thing that they do. I think we can kind of get a bit focused with with exercise and exercise, as we know, is quite addictive as well. So you can kind of get the rush and think, you know, oh, I want to go again, I want to go again. But as you say, that rest and recovery is really important. But also, obviously, we have, you know, you, there's a reason why it's like leg day, you know, so that there's a, there's the alternate body parts on different days or rest days with nothing. And that is that is when the muscles actually repair themselves. So that's actually when a lot of the magic happens, you know, not necessarily when you go and, and beast yourself repetitively day in, day out. That's not necessarily when you when you get the results. I think with with any sort of when you expect to see some body changes, it is all about patience. And and nutrition, I think uh, we'll come back to sort of the older group here, and and some of the foods and drinks can be quite shocking in in sort of older teens. Um, and so with a shocking diet, with energy drinks, with junk food, you're not going to get the six pack, no matter how much time you spend in the gym. Um, so you know it is a balance of the two, and it's you cannot just go and outdo a horrendous diet with some workouts. I think you know as we get older and think, oh, we're young, it'll just it'll be fine high metabolism and the rest of it but it, you won't get those physical aesthetic results with a diet full of junk food some people may just about get away with it for a couple of years but it won't last long <laughs> <laughs> that's it I think it, the uh, the expression is sort of in in the industry that you'll never out train a bad diet that's, that's bad diet in sort of quotation marks but it's, it's sort of not very efficient to for exercising for you know the calorie um, expenditure it's it's not very efficient really um, and, and like you mentioned without that proper nutrients without the right balanced diet then yeah you, you're going to struggle so we've kind of covered all ages there within the muscular system but, but, but a lot about grown-ups I know this is all about children but grown-ups um, and sort of their muscle mass is more about I guess maintaining and looking after their again their structure because for us as we get sort of slightly older it's more about maintaining our um, muscles for to protect us really isn't it because a, a stronger muscular system will then protect the skeleton as we get older um so preventing things like you know if you can correct yourself before a fall and things like that so I guess in terms of sort of let's bring the adults in um, for just for a minute or so and just give some advice for grown-ups definitely so one you've mentioned already essential is the balance yeah so um, and that, that was something, again, that was added to the World Health Organization um, physical activity guidelines for older adults, which should be about twice a week, actively practicing our balance. Um, so when a lot of the time when I'm working with older people, I'm, I'm trying to get them to do sort of single leg stands, even if they're holding on to something, but you can fit that into your day. So you know, while the, 
while the kettle's boiling or some some that are a bit better they try and do it while they're brushing their teeth so that's important i think in in terms of the muscles um there's a, a condition called sarcopenia which is sort of age-related muscle loss um and it can it it happens to everyone to an extent um certain people more than others um it's sort of in the less active less well sort of worse nutrition those are the things that are going to be your, your risk factors for developing sarcopenia but we know that you know someone that does get that age-related rapid muscle loss um they they can struggle with all sorts of things so even being able to get up out of a chair so important up and down the stairs can you walk down to the shops um you know and there's again there's some quite interesting studies about um well definitely quality of life but actually life expectancy and muscle mass so a muscle quality um so just keeping yourself active to keep those muscles firing um it's essential, you know, you, you need the muscles, especially in your legs, to be able to do a lot of the things that you need to do to stay independent. Um, and if we are losing them, it's it's really going to cause some problems. Yeah, and a really good point to end on, I think, because we can focus on children, but obviously we know that habits laid down in childhood will lead to potential issues in adulthood. So we can't differentiate a child at the moment with a sedentary lifestyle and a potentially bad diet not growing into these issues as a grown-up, um, that the, the probability will be quite high because of the way that the habits and the connections are formed and because of the way that, you know, we have the food relationship. So if we are used to ultra-processed foods and not moving very much, that will tend to be the way that we are, apart from the occasional battle where we might go on a diet or something where we'll try to instigate some healthy eating. But the majority of people who fall into that kind of category are likely to stay in that category or have a very difficult food relationship which is sort of battling with the occasional bout of healthy eating instead of it being a habitual healthy eating so I think to sort of remember that there are some serious consequences that can happen in later life is really important to link back to the early habits and the reason why we're doing the, the how food shapes your child call series is because we're trying to prevent the issues that grown-ups can have by making sure that children have healthy habits. So once again, Ben, really fascinating to have you on. There's so much to, obviously, the skeletal system, the muscular system, and there's, there's much more we could talk about, but we have run out of time. So thank you again for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to Louise's Health Kick podcast, the CPD series discussing all things health and nutrition to show you that food and health are intrinsically linked and teaching you how amazing you can feel. Find out more at www.thehealthkick.co.uk or read her book about how food shapes your child. Or why not get in touch on social media? And if you've enjoyed this podcast, why not like and subscribe to hear more? This is a 1386 audio production.